Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. Good morning, family. Uh, We're in week two of our Advent season and spending some time very appropriately for our worship and song this morning talking about who Jesus declared that he was. And so I want to read this morning from the Gospel of John chapter 10, and I'm going to read verses 7 through 10, a verse that uh, many of us have heard many times and maybe even preached before, but I'm praying that God may do a new thing with us around his word this morning. So I'm going to read uh, John chapter 10. If you are able, uh, would you stand with me as we read the word of God and honor the power of the word of God to transform our hearts and our minds. If you don't have your Bibles, the words will be on the screen. And I pray that you would read along with me the words of the Lord. John chapter 10, beginning at verse number 7. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Father, we ask again simply for your presence among us. May there be a blessing to the reading, hearing, understanding, and doing of your holy word. And all God's children said amen. 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 You can have a seat. Today's message is, is really fairly straightforward. I just want to speak on what Jesus has declared himself as to be the gate, or depending on your translation, it may say the door. And so I want to talk about Jesus as being the divine door. I want to unpack this a little bit, though we're going to stay right in this immediate part of the text, but Jesus is again having one of his confrontations with the Pharisees, the religious experts of the day, because he's trying to explain to them who he is and what his kingdom is and and what he's drawing and inviting us into, and they don't quite understand it. So he begins using these metaphors to try to help them understand what exactly is happening and why they should be rejoicing instead of resisting the movement of God. And so he begins using these these pictures, these metaphors that that made a lot of sense back then. But since we are not in a very uh, similar time, we don't do uh, we don't have an agricultural society. I doubt if any of us in here are really what we would call shepherds or herdsmen and women. So we're missing some of what would have been blatantly obvious to Jesus's first hears. And so when he says, I am the gate for the sheep, he's making reference to a very historical and a very specific entity. And I wanted to unpack it because we got to understand the picture that Jesus is drawing and the spiritual implications that it has for us. I want to unpack this idea of a sheep pen. What is a sheep pen? 
A sheep pen is, is quite simply a structure that would be erected in the wilderness that would provide a place for housing the sheep for the shepherd. Take a look at this image. This is one that's probably from uh, England or Great Britain, somewhere in that area. Um, and, and it is a, a pretty accurate depiction of what it would have looked like. Out in the middle of this wilderness area, in the pasture grazing area, you would have had this structure that was usually made of stone, maybe wood, maybe some thicket, something that could provide a layer of protection. And it was circled around large enough for the sheep to get into, had some type of a... Some, some type of a height to it that would at least be a deterrent for animals and, and other people coming in. And then you see it was pretty much enclosed all the way around, except for that little opening in the front. And that would be where the shepherd would lead the sheep in and out. And it's very literally a place for housing the sheep. And in the scripture, there's, there's much that we could unpack, but I really just want to point to this one simple thing that God is making a parallel between the shepherd and the sheep pen that they had to house and contain their sheep while they were out in the midst of the wilderness grazing and caring for the, uh, caring for the herd. And the sheep pen had a very specific function. It had one pretty much primary purpose. It was a way to keep the sheep together, to keep them enclosed, to keep them protected from all the things that would try to attack the sheep. I mean, in case you don't know this, sheep are pretty far down on the food chain. They're not very smart. They don't have much defense or defensive instincts. Pretty much everything out there with teeth can kill a sheep. And so when they were out grazing and wandering, it would be necessary to get them confined and in an area that the shepherd could enclose and make sure that all the things in the wilderness that would kill them and and tear them apart, he could protect them and, and keep them inside the confines of this pen. And so here's what this pen did. The sheep pen provided safety. It provided security. It, it provided a place of peace and quite simply, a place of rest. Sheep are pretty skittish animals. And so anytime there's a, a, a dangerous animal or some kind of predator, they would get real jittery and, and would, would be unable to kind of really function because they were so paranoid and afraid of all the dangers that were around them. And the sheep pen gave them a place to feel like they were enclosed in and secure and their shepherd was right there making sure that they knew that there was no harm that would come to them. Just a place of rest, a place that they could go to and just, I think it's true that a lot of us today are looking for a sheep pen, (laughs) would just love to get to a place that we could just, just relax, just be at peace, just find some rest, just a good night's sleep. You ever been a- unable to sleep? You had some, some kind of condition or some situation where you, maybe a day or two went by and you couldn't get any sleep. You get frazzled. You get a little irritated. You don't, your mind doesn't work well. Stuff just starts to unravel because we just can't get any rest. And then through whatever means, somehow the miracle happens and we finally get a good night's sleep and it seems like the whole world is different. 
Just something as simple as rest. And I think even though we don't necessarily think of it that way, I think we spend a lot of time, a lot of our energy, a lot of our effort, a lot of our planning and, 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 and toiling and strife is really about trying to find a place where we can just feel at rest. It's interesting how the sheep pen worked, though, because you realize that the sheep pen, though it was this incredible place of rest and safety and security, it's still out in the middle of the wilderness. It's not in a different location. They didn't go anywhere. The shepherd would erect the sheep pen right in the middle of all of the danger that surrounded the sheep. But somehow in the midst of this, he created a different environment, a different reality that, that though they were side by side, they, was, they seemed worlds apart. Living inside the sheep pen and living outside the sheep pen were two incredibly different, almost polar opposite realities. And what separated them? What made one different from the other? What's the difference between inside the pen and outside the pen? Because the truth be told, it's only separated by really a few inches. What made it different was the door. (laughs) The gatekeeper, the gate separated the two environments and made them an entirely different experience for the sheep. Let me give you an illustration because I, I, I think this is still very practical for us. Uh, my wife and I went and bought a heater last night because it's cold. And so we went and bought a heater. We went to Lowe's, bought the heater, went back home, plugged it up, set it in, set it up, and it starts doing its thing. And my wife was in the bedroom and she's uh, watching TV or doing whatever she's doing. And I went, I went back down the hallway uh, to my desk area and I was working on the sermon some. And, and so I was there and, you know, it's getting a little chilly. And so, you know, I went and said, maybe I should get another sweatshirt or put some socks on or something. I needed to get another more, couple more layers on. And so I walked back down the hallway and I opened the door and it's about 95 degrees in that bedroom. <laughs> I mean, that bad boy was cranking. I mean, it's all warm and cozy. And I'm thinking I'm out here suffering and she's all warm and snuggly in the room. Now, it makes sense because we don't want to waste energy heating up the whole house. So we just got one room and it's the heater. But it was amazing to me that right up until that time that I opened the door and walked in the room, I was in a completely different world. It was just a door. The door is two inches thick. But the door separated one environment from the other. And as soon as I went through the door and into the bedroom, all of a sudden I was comfortable, I was warm, I was refreshed, I I felt like I was brand new. And it was the door that was keeping those two worlds completely apart, though they were right next to each other. Anybody understand what I'm saying? See, it's amazing that if we can just figure out how to get inside the sheep pen, even though the wilderness didn't go anywhere, our minds and hearts, our view of reality will be completely transformed on the other side of the door. And so that's what Jesus is trying to get us to understand. He makes it very clear, I am the door. I am the gateway. I am the way by which even though you are surrounded and by enemies and overwhelmed by your circumstance and there's danger on every side, if you can get through this door, you will be saved. You will be safe. You will find peace and rest for your weary soul. Now, here's what blew me away about this. That sounds great, right? 
It sounds wonderful if we could just get into the bosom of God and we would be safe and peaceful forever. But that's not what he says. He says, I'm going to invite you in to the sheep pen and there is salvation for you. Praise God that heaven is a reality. Praise God that he said he has gone away to prepare, the, prepare a place for us and we will one day be in heaven with God forever. But he's not talking about the great by and by. What he says is, you will come in and go back out and find pasture. What happens in the sheep pen? What goes on in the sheep pen? Rest. You pretty much go there to go to sleep. At the end of the day, the shepherd will guide the sheep back into the pen, and they settle down, and they hunker down, and they're there for the night. But you don't eat in the pen. You don't get any exercise in the pen. You don't, you don't, you don't experience day-to-day life and the realities of being a sheep inside the pen. Every day you got to go back out into the wilderness and do all the sheepy stuff that you're supposed to do. And then when you're tired and worn out, the shepherd will bring you back in and give you one more day's rest before you go back out into the wilderness tomorrow. So what happens is we can get a relationship with Christ and we can believe that I know Jesus and I know my Lord and Savior and I'm saved and I'm inside the pen and we don't ever want to go back out into the wilderness no more. But he never promised that your life would be wilderness free. He never promised that you would be in a place where your enemies weren't plotting and planning to take you down. He never promised that you would be carefree resting with no more issues. We live in the wilderness, and from time to time, God will bring us into the pen to restore us and refresh us so that we may be ready for the next journey in the wilderness. And so he's telling us, expect to be coming and going. You got work to do out there. You got stuff you're supposed to be accomplishing. You got some sheep stuff to go handle today. But trust that when you need a place of rest, I have one prepared for you. I mean, it's just the perfect image of what the psalmist says. He says, because, you know, the only time that you rest isn't just inside the sheep pen. Sometimes he realizes while you're out on the wilderness journey, he might need to let you sit down somewhere. I found this very interesting fact. Sheep don't like moving water. It makes them nervous. They're afraid of everything. <laughs> they don't like moving water. So when the sheep have been climbing and working and they're tired and exhausted, the shepherd has to figure out how to get them to some still water. And I don't want to get too much into the shepherd thing, but, 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 but when Psalm 23 says, I will lead you beside still waters, that's because he knows that you need to sit down sometime and get a drink and get refreshed. And that's out in the wilderness. Even out there, he will make a place for you to get refreshed. And then he will bring you to a place of safety and security that you may find rest for your weary soul. And I love the fact that he didn't take us out of the wilderness to give us rest. Right in the middle of it. Again, Psalm 23 says, I prepare a table before you, not inside the sheep pen, but in the midst of your enemies. Outside the pen, outside the barrier, when you got enemies and people all around you and you know none of them have your best intention in mind. He said, right in the middle of all that mess, come have a seat. Let me refresh you and feed you and restore you. Because the shepherd has a plan to do wonderful things for you. And he's saying what you need to do, though, is you've got to find your home base. You've got to find your your place of rest. You've got to find the place where you know you can come in and... 
let the pressures of the wilderness subside for a season. And so it's interesting that he makes it very clear that in order to get inside the sheep pen, you've got to go through the doorway. And he says, I am that door. There's a picture I want you to see. This is kind of a zoom in. It's an artist's rendition, but, but this is what they think it looked like. You notice on that one that I showed you, there was just an opening, right? There was no gate there. It was just an opening. And so the idea is that the shepherd literally sits down in the opening and makes sure what he does is he's there with his staff and he's counting the sheep as they come in to make sure everyone is there and accounted for. And then he sits there. That's where he slept all night to make sure that there was nothing that could get inside the sheep pen that would disturb or destroy the sheep. So when, when Jesus says, I am the gate, he literally means I serve in the function of separating the world that is out to kill you from the place of rest that I have prepared for you. I literally stand in the gap. I literally change one environment from the other, even though you haven't moved, changed your address, got a new job, got a promotion, hit the lottery, even though your circumstances are still identical. Once you go through that door, he gives you a place where your whole spirit is restored. He says, I'm the gate, not a gate. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but when he makes that, he says there, there is a door that can really restore your soul. There is a door that can, really, that can really transform your mind. There is a door. There is the door. The rest of them are fake. <laughs> See, because we're all looking for the sheep pen, and we've all tried a lot of ways to get there. I remember there's another scripture that I, uh, one of the first ones that really caught my attention in the Bible that talks about gates. And the Bible puts it this way. It says there's a wide gate and a narrow gate. And the wide gate is full of all the stuff that we think is fun. Sin, debauchery, just foul stuff. And there's a little narrow gate that leads to salvation. And most people get caught at the wide gate. I used to tell my friends, not only am I at the wide gate, I'm the DJ. I'm mixing records, inviting everybody to come on in the wide gate. Come over here. It's a good time at the wide gate. <laughs> but, 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 but the point is that gate leads to self-destruction. And, you know, one of the things I've been doing is I've, I've been, when, I, when I'm looking at Scripture, I'm, I'm trying to unpack it. I'm trying to look at it from different angles. And I'm trying to find myself at different points in the story. And so clearly the, the, the metaphor, the example that Jesus is declaring is that he is the gate. Fred, if I can have that picture again for a second. That he is actually the doorway between the wilderness and the rest. And I thought, I know that's Jesus, but, but I, I, I thought I'd play with it for a second. What, what would it mean if I was the gatekeeper. What would it mean if I was the one who was responsible for keeping the wilderness and the sacred apart? What are the things in my life that are precious, that are sacred, that are, that are fragile, that I know the world and the enemy is out to try to destroy, and it's up to me to keep them out? You know, the Bible has another verse that says that we, we, we are shepherd's pens. We are the temple where the Holy Spirit dwells. 
And it says that we got to be very mindful that we are careful about the gates to the temple. It says there's an eye gate and there's an ear gate. And what happens, what Jesus is saying when he talks about the thief, there's an enemy who's trying to get inside your gates. He's trying to get in there because if he can get on the inside, then he can start to plant all kinds of seeds. No, sheep are in there, chilling. About to go to bed. One sheep leans over and says, you know what? I feel like our shepherd is too confining. I think we should break out tomorrow and go explore over that hill where he won't ever let us go. Don't you think our shepherd is kind of bossy? I think we should have a sheep election. And we should vote on where we graze tomorrow. I feel like I want oats. I'm tired of what our shepherd is feeding us. I think we should go and eat what we want to eat tomorrow. And the thief will get inside the shepherd's pen and start planting all kinds of ideas. And before too long, you will wonder if your shepherd really loves you, if your shepherd really cares for you. Can your shepherd even protect you? Has your shepherd forgotten about you? You got to be real careful about what you let inside the gate because once it gets in there, it destroys you from the inside out. And, 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 and so we, we got it. We, we, we have... We have not always been faithful gatekeepers. There have been times and instances where we opened the door for the thief. We, we let the murderer right through the front door. We gave him access to parts of ourselves that he had no business having access to. We bonded our hearts and our minds to people that were not there for our best interest. We have put our faith and trust in people who have shown themselves to be less than worthy of the price of our heart that we sold out because we were so desperate to be in a relationship. We, 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 have, we have sold out some of what we believe about ourselves and our character because if we could just get a little bit more ahead, if I could just get to the next level, if I could just reach this rung of success, if I could just get to this place of safety and security, that I would then be the person that God called me to be. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do till you get what you got to get so you can then be who you want. Whatever that mess we say is. And we've compromised our soul and our character because we let the enemy on the inside whispering lies to us. And so Jesus is very clear. I am the door. I am the one by which you can understand reality and truth. And you know what it means to let Jesus be the door? That means sometimes he shuts the gate. Sometimes there is a direction that we think is the way to go. Sometimes there is something that we think is the right thing to do, and we're ready to charge into it. And he said, nah, you better wait here for a little while longer. Sometimes he, he won't let us run to the directions we want to run and do the things we want to do. But do you question the authority and the wisdom of the shepherd? Or do you trust? Do you trust that he knows better than you do? Some of us are on the opposite side of the spectrum. That we made it into the sheep pen. That we're happy. We know Jesus. We know that we're loved. And the last thing we want to do is go back out in that wilderness. 
It's dangerous out there. So the morning comes and he opens up the gate and is ushering us out to go do some sheepy stuff. And we in the corner of the sheep pen like, hope he don't see me. I just wait right here, Jesus. Let me know when everybody comes back. But it says, I'm sending you out. Matter of fact, he says, I'm sending you out like a lamb among the wolves. I'm sending you there because there's purpose and there's destiny and there's calling and there's kingdom inside of you that needs to get out into a broken and hurting world. And you can't show the goodness of God if you're huddled up inside the sheep pen. He said, get back out into the wilderness where I can use you. That's someone who doesn't know about the sheep pen, someone who's hurt and lonely and and, and dying and, and afraid that you could show them there is a shepherd who is the lover of their soul. He wants us to get out into the wilderness. Trust that he goes before us. Trust that he has us in the palm of his hand and trust that at the right moment, he will call us back for the rest that we need. But we can't stay tucked away. There are times when he will open the door and push us out of the pen into uncharted territory, into places that we're not necessarily comfortable going, but it says that he will lead us in the right ways. He will show us when to turn left and when to turn right. But he will also shut us off from opportunities that look good to us, but he knows will ultimately lead to our destruction. I am the door. I am the one who will allow you to live in the fullness of God, though your enemies seem to have you surrounded. He says, interestingly enough, that the thief is persistent. He tries to climb over the gates. He tries to sneak in the opening when the shepherd isn't looking. He never stops pursuing you. And he's only got one motive, to kill you, to steal you. Or destroy you. And I don't think destroy is physical. I think that's the spiritual aspect of us. To take our very souls is what he's really trying to do. And he pursues us because he studies us and he watches us and he knows what our sheepy tendencies are and he knows what our sheepy desires are. And so he keeps dangling some sheep uh, carrot, not carrot, what they like, grass, some sheepy grass in front of us and calling us away from the shepherd. But the shepherd is equipped for the enemy. He's got three things that, that I learned as I was unpacking this, that when we're outside the sheep pen and we're in the wilderness, sheep have a tendency to drift away. And so the sheep, the shepherd is prepared. He's got three things. One, he's got a rod. You know what he does with that rod? He smacks the mess out of the sheep. I mean, he gives them a whack to push them back in line. I, I was talking to, uh, to Paula Fuller this morning after the first service. She shared this with me. I had not heard this. And it's, it's not in the Bible, but it was an interesting, it was an interesting thought. When you hear that, that God left that 99 and he went to go get that one sheep and he, and he put it on her shoulders and he carried it back to the rest of them, why did he carry it back? She said she heard a pastor say, well, he had to carry it because he whacked that sheep for walking away, broke its leg, and he had to carry it back to him. 
And it, and it took a couple of weeks for that leg to heal. So the next time that, that, that the voice of the shepherd came, that shepherd was like, she was like, okay, I'm going to go with you. So that rod thing may be a little deeper than I thought. I got to look that up. But the other thing is he's got this staff. And the staff is primarily used for walking around, but it's also got this hook on it. And it says, you know, the hook is used that when the sheep is starting to drift away, you can get that hook around its neck and, and pull it back and tug it back to the way the shepherd wants it to go. And then the third thing that the, the shepherd has is a sling. And it's the same sling that David used to kill Goliath. And so the idea was that if a sheep has began to drift away and has gone away from the herd and, and it's too far away for the rod and the staff, that the shepherd will take out a sling and take a rock and throw a rock and hit the ground right in front of that sheep, boom, and scare the mess out of that sheep to make it run back to where everybody else is. And so I want to say that there can be times where the shepherd doesn't feel all that warm and fuzzy. That maybe you're getting smacked with a rod. Maybe there's a hook that's pulling your neck back this way. Maybe there's something that you thought I was on this road and then something, boom, happened and made you wonder, is this really the way I should be going? That's the shepherd trying to keep you out of danger. He's trying to call you back. He's trying to bring you back close because there is danger in the wilderness. And he knows what's best for us. And so he reaches out to us to keep us under his loving arms of protection. He says, while the thief is out there, and he's trying to lure you away. He's trying to steal your joy. He's trying to steal your peace. He's trying to kill your trust in the shepherd. He's trying to make you question and doubt and wonder and be fearful and be worryful and have all this stuff consuming your mind so much that all of a sudden your heart and your soul has drifted away from the one who knows you and created you and is designing you for a relationship with him forever that we begin to feel ourselves just wandering away from God and we find ourselves destroyed in spirit. That's what the thief is out there doing. But he says, but that is not what will happen to my sheep who know my voice. God has a plan and a call and an invitation into his wholeness for every single person. But you know, it's amazing because he doesn't put us in a headlock and drag us into the sheep pen. He doesn't even grab his rod and beat us into the sheep pen. He opens the gate and he invites us in. It's a gift. It's a beautiful gift of salvation and protection and love and wisdom and mercy and grace. But every sheep has to decide what shepherd they're going to follow. Every single one of us has an opportunity to hear the shepherd's voice, to see the gate open and choose in the words of the song that I heard a few years ago, that the safest place in the whole wide world is in the arms of my God. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what job I have. It doesn't matter how much money I make. It doesn't matter if I'm healthy or unhealthy, rich or poor. It doesn't matter if I'm single or married. All of these things are circumstances that are temporary gone in an instant, but there is an eternal gift of God that he's inviting me into.
And if we miss that gift, if we turn away from it, it'll cost us much more than we can ever dream or imagine. And he says, I, I, I care so much about you receiving this gift that I came down from heaven, that I lived and I died. I was scorned and beaten and spat upon and, and marginalized and tortured, but I did it so that you would know that my love for you has no bounds. That I'm so desperate to have you inside the arms of my embrace that it cost me everything to bring us together. And maybe you're that one lost sheep trying to navigate through this world, banging your head up against the wall, trying to make it happen, feeling overwhelmed and exhausted and hardly ever finding any peace. And when you find it, it's gone so fast it was hard to even remember what it felt like. Oh, can I tell you, there is a rest for your weary soul. There is a joy that this world can't possibly steal away. There is a peace that surpasses our understanding, our circumstances, our desires, our successes, our failures. There is something that only comes from God. And he is so desperate for us to receive it. And he says, you won't regret it. I came that you can not just have the life to come in the hereafter, but that your life right now can be full and abundant and overflowing and meaningful and joyful. And you will feel the power of the living God welling up in you and carrying you through your darkest days and reminding you that you are well loved and well cared for by the one who spoke all of this into creation and promised that there was something divinely ordained for your life. That you are here to do something so significant, so precious, that no one else on the planet that has ever lived can do what he designed you to do. And it's a gift that he's so desperate for us to receive. And so he goes to the sheep pen and he opens the gate and says, will you come? And here there is love and here there is joy and here there is peace and here there is rest. And I know some of us are very successful in our careers. I know some of us have friends and family and some of us have all kinds of accolades and success. But can I tell you, there is something that surpasses anything this world can give us. There is a gift of love and joy that can only come from the door, the Savior, the Son of God who so desperately wants to fill your life with his spirit that you will be whole and restored and no matter what this world throws at you, you will have the peace of God that will keep you and sustain you every day of your life. I think back to something Pastor Long said years ago and it's one of the most um, 
one of the, one of those things that, that has stuck with me that, that we will all have storms in this life. We will all have challenging seasons and circumstances. And faith isn't what you get in the storm, it's what you take into the storm. It's what gets you through the storm. When the storm is raging and you are zapped out and you are worn out and you are, 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 are exhausted from all that you can do, it's that trust in your Savior that gives you comfort, that gives you peace. The wilderness is only inches away. The thief and the enemy is circling the sheep pen. But the door, the Savior, promises, I will keep you. And nothing this world throws at you can pluck you out of my hand. As we think about all the wonderful gift giving that's going to happen this season, as we get to the end of the year and Christmas is coming and all the things that we're going to celebrate and, and be thankful for, I pray that we don't forget to be thankful for the gift that Jesus is, for the power of his spirit that is available to us and the undying love that he has demonstrated by his life, death, and resurrection so that we may never spend one more day apart from our Savior. Let me pray for us. Father, we come into this place with so many different circumstances and so many issues. God, we are fearful. We worried about our children. We worry about our finances. We worry about our, our job and our future, our safety. God, we're just like those sheep so easily distracted and so likely to wander off when we leave it to our own accord. So God, we in this moment remind ourselves that you are the good shepherd. God, that we need you to lead us and guide us. God, so we give you authority to open the doors that you would have us to walk through and shut the doors that do us harm. Father, give us the wisdom to hear your voice and to follow. God, bend our stubborn knees. Help us to surrender our way that you may fill us up to overflowing and the abundant life that you have promised us will not only change our lives, but God will shine into our families, will shine into our communities, will shine into our places of work, will shine into our extended relatives. God will shine everywhere we go that may every place we set our feet, God, be an opportunity for the kingdom of God to shine through us that we may be blessed and also be a blessing to someone who needs to know 
then you are available and willing to bring them home to. Use us for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for this installment of Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located at 47385 Warm Springs Boulevard, Fremont, California. We can be found on the web at www.sobcc.org. We'd like to take a moment to invite you to come and join us in person for one of our dynamic Sunday morning worship services. Services begin at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. each Sunday, and we would be so blessed to have you come worship with us. We'd also love to hear from you a word about how this ministry is helping you renew your mind for the glory of Jesus Christ. So please contact us, and we pray God's blessings over you the rest of this day. God bless.